Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of The Truth of Youth, but also happy holidays. Yes, I hope everyone is enjoying the holiday season, but a little more on topic. Today we are back with another episode. For the first time in a while, we are doing a Great Debates episode. I'm super excited and disclaimer, this episode doesn't really have much of a theme. There are some like holiday or Christmas themed things, but overall it's more of like a free and fun episode. We'll be discussing some cool topics and inviting Annika's sister on to debate with us. Yes, um, but before we get started, Jude, what have you been up to? Um, well, I got sick for the second time in three weeks. Um, I my friend is home from boarding school. I did all my Christmas shopping while I was sick in bed, and I'm currently recording this podcast from the bottom bunk of a bunk bed. Uh, we could start off our debate with what's better, the top bunk or the bottom bunk? It's but... it's the top. I'm gonna be. It's not. It's not because you really gotta pee in the night. Where are you gonna go? That's true. It's inconvenient, but it's more fun. Yeah, but I know because also bottom bunks are more cozy. Okay, whatever, whatever, Annika, whatever. Okay, what about you? Um, so I leave for Florida on Wednesday, so we're kind of celebrating Christmas a little early, which means I had to do some last minute Christmas shopping yesterday. So I did like a mad rush to Target to try and get everything in time. Um, and it was really crowded because I think everyone had the same idea. But yeah. But Annika, Santa Claus doesn't come early. Oh, you are so right. So like you just mentioned, Jude, we are having a guest on this uh, podcast. And we haven't had a guest on a Great Debates episode yet. So this is going to be our first time. And since um, a bunch of siblings are back from college, because it's kind of winter break, I thought it would be a fun idea to invite my sister on so that she can add another perspective. Okay, let's launch into this episode, but as always, DM us with any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, and we are also always open for you guys to tell us that you would like to be a guest, because we're always looking for interesting people. Okay, Annika, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it, Jude. into the statements. Maya, can you introduce yourself? Hi guys, my name is Maya and I'm a freshman in college and I'm super excited to finally be featured on the podcast. I'm a huge fan and listening to the podcast is the highlight of my week. Wow, that is so nice of you. Okay, right. So obviously, as you know, today we're doing great debates. So it's just sort of like talking about some interesting slash controversial topics. So the first one is if your kid blatantly came up to you and asked, is Santa real? What are you going to tell them? So um, to be perfectly honest, I would have no issue telling my kid, no matter what age, that Santa is not real. Now, if they don't ask me, if they just never ask and they just always believe that Santa's real, I'm not going to go out of my way to be like, hey, Santa's not real. I feel like that's a little rude. But I think if they ask me, I don't think that it's... I don't think it's the right thing to do for me to lie to them and be like, yes, it's true. There's a magical figure who jumps from house to house and like brings you presents because I think Christmas, even though I'm not personally religious, I think Christmas is a lot more than just Santa. I think that it's a lot about family. And obviously if you're religious, then it has like religious significance, but I don't think Santa is really the spirit of Christmas. So I think that I would explain that to my kid and be like, Santa's not real, but there is a lot of hope and magic around Christmas. Do you you plan on having kids? I do plan on having kids, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to write that down. 
God. Well, the Annika's kids are okay. Okay. Um, I mean, you, what do you think? I think I think you have to keep in mind like other children. So you might be fine telling your own kid that Santa doesn't exist and have no moral qualms about that. But then when they go into school and their friends are talking about Santa and then they say, oh, guess what? Santa isn't real. You might be ruining Christmas for another kid. And that those other kids might have parents who do not feel the same way as you. So I think it's a pretty selfish thing to be so gung-ho about just telling your child that Santa isn't real yeah you see I actually agree with Maya because funny story my aunt apparently her mum like before she was born decided that if she ever asked if like Father Christmas which is like the correct term for him is real she would tell the truth so apparently when she was like literally three my aunt went up to her mother and was like okay is Santa real and her mother was like no and I feel like that must suck because like the thought that Santa is real like until you really start to think about it when you're older and like you realize how creepy it is like it's such a nice little thing to happen um so I don't think that I would tell my child that Santa wasn't real once they get to a certain age like I feel like I'm gonna be really good at making Santa seem real like because my parents were really good at making Santa seem real um but if my kids get to like fifth grade and there's like I have a feeling that they're still believing in Santa that's when I'm gonna hint to them and be like go look in the closet upstairs I think that I like I've said that I would tell my child but like in your guys's case if you decided that you wouldn't I feel like once they get past the age of 10 I think that it's important to tell them because like there is there is a need to get a grip on reality um at a certain age when you're a child and you're growing up but at the same time like I still wouldn't tell my child because I don't know I think it kind of brings up the question of like how important is Santa in the Christmas spirit? Like, how much is of Christmas is about Santa? And in my Monica, opinion, you not the Grinch? <laughs> yeah, you know, in, in this scenario, you kind of sound like the Grinch. But to be perfectly honest, I think that Christmas is a lot more than just about Santa. So that's why I would say. I would but I, I, that is true. I, I, but like, you literally, this is okay. Okay, before we move past this, um, but no, I you wow. Okay, so. That's an interesting thing I'm finding out about you, Annika. Is this unexpected? I can't tell. No, it's it's not. It's not particularly unexpected. I went to, when I lived in the city, I went to like a predominantly Jewish school. So it was like a couple days before winter break. I come into school and I'm talking about how excited I am for Santa. Bear in mind I was in like first grade. So it's still very acceptable for me to believe in Santa. And I swear... I, I knew that Hanukkah had just ended because all of the kids were like, oh, well, now I won't get any more gifts because, like, yesterday was the last day of Hanukkah. Um, these, and then I start talking about Santa and these kids all literally say, who have all just, like, finished up with their Hanukkah celebrations, go, well, Santa isn't real. Worst moment of my life. Honestly, it was so terrible. And then the other year, like, obviously I, I don't believe in Santa anymore, but, like, I kind of, like, in my head, like, w- my I have a younger brother, so we still like need to humor him, right? We don't want to ruin that for him. Yeah. Well, not even, he's like twelve now, but anyway, I was staying up really late. We were all having fun. It was Christmas Eve, and we were all having this big family Christmas in England. My aunt and uncle, who have like young kids and who are obviously like exhausted because their children are exhausting, because I live with them for a while, like their children are exhausting, come downstairs and start putting gifts in their like in their. We don't use stockings; we use pillowcases because they they fit more stuff um but 
also the most terrible moment of my life because that when it really felt like Santa wasn't real anymore and that was last Christmas so yeah mm. that's kind of sad okay let's move on to the next one Anna could you want to read it it's but the second statement is vaccines should be mandatory Maya do you want to start on this one yeah Maya, so stop. I disagree on this I think kind of the best vaccine to to talk about with this question is the COVID-19 vaccine because it's definitely a, a question of public health um, as opposed to other vaccines, which are more just like protecting yourself. Um, I don't think that it should be mandatory, but I think that those who choose not to get it should be aware of the limitations that they're putting on themselves. So for example, especially earlier on in the pandemic, if you didn't have the vaccine, you could do very little. So like you couldn't eat at restaurants, you couldn't go to like theater or like stores. Um, so I don't think they should be mandatory, but I also think that there are a lot of consequences that come with not getting it. And so oftentimes the pros of getting vaccines will outweigh the cons. And I think the majority of people will end up getting it. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree, because especially in the case of the COVID vaccine, the vaccine is preventing you from having severe symptoms. It's not exactly preventing you from spreading it to other people. So in this case, if you choose not to get the vaccine, that's negatively affecting yourself. And that's a consequence that you have to face on your own. And then, like you said, it is limiting you from partaking in activities. But for ever, whatever case, for whatever reason, you decide that you don't want to get the vaccine, I feel like it's really more detrimental to yourself rather than those around you. So in that case, I would say there's not really a need for it to be mandatory. It is your own decision. Yeah. I mean, I just, the thing is, is as much as it might be like nice to say everyone has to get a vaccine, I don't think it works. Like, I don't think that really works in the real world. There's no way to, in like, in, especially in the US, like there's really no like a, a constitutional way to make vaccines fully mandatory. But I think that you could make it, like, a lot harder for people who chose not to get, like, for example, like, the COVID vaccine. Like, that, that, I feel like that would be, like, a good way of putting it. Just make their lives a lot harder, because they're making everyone's lives a lot harder. So, you know, what goes around comes around, people. Um, so I think we're pretty much all in agreement on that one. I think that, so, you know, definitely other people might have different perspectives about it being mandatory. But just between the three of us, I think we all kind of understand that those who choose not to get it must deal with the consequences themselves. So... Our third statement um, is students who fail a test should be given a chance to retake it. Do you want to start on this one since you went last on the other two? Yeah, I actually would, Annika. Um, so I would say, look, this is a very, like, there's a lot of situations where I feel like students should not get to retake it. Like, if you've had ample time to study, um, you've, like, you've been given, like, all the resources you need, um you know you've hopefully if you okay th that's the thing ample time to study all the right resources if you haven't been paying attention in class and you haven't been taking notes and you choose not to study i i feel like in that case like maybe you don't deserve to take retake it because um because then it's like well you're not really learning anything from that you're just learning that you, you can do that and still get away from get away with it but if it's like um if it's like either all the students fail and it needs to be re re like looked at, or if like that one student has just been like really like struggling in that class and like needed a lot of extra help but couldn't get it, like I think they should be able to retake it because I think that it, sometimes how well a student does on a test isn't necessarily in their hands. Yeah, um, I I'd agree. I think a lot of it is circumstantial. I know I've had 
friends and peers who have just had like really rough days um, the day before or something or had like a family issue and then they'd have to take a test and it obviously hasn't reflected their ability to do well. And the teacher has been like, oh, well, I've seen you really thrive throughout this unit. You've been participating in class. You've been handing in your homework. You've been really engaged in the unit. And then they'll be like, okay, I, I want you to retake this because I know you can perform a lot better than what your test showed. And then the other thing, I was actually talking about this with Maya earlier, is that I think that if you're gonna let one student retake the test, then all students should be allowed to, even if somebody got like an 85 or something, and that might be considered a respectable grade. I think that no matter, you know, no matter what the range is, I think everyone should be able to get a fair opportunity to retake the test if you're gonna let one student, because it should be, it should be equal for all students, not just, you know, the one or two who did really badly. So I'm going to disagree. I don't think that anyone should be allowed to retake tests, regardless of how circumstantial it is. Um, I think the problem is that, at least in our school or the high school that the three of us have gone to, um, what would happen is if someone just like had a rough day taking the test and they got to retake it, everyone would find out. And that's kind of the product of it being a very small school. But then people would get really upset because retakes are not common at our school. And so then that just creates a kind of a hostile environment. And then if you have the situation that Annika that you said where kind of anyone can retake it regardless of their grade, that's also a little problematic because I think a lot of people are just naturally kind of like perfectionists. So even if you get like a 95, the prospect of getting an 100, like that allure is so strong that they they might go for it anyways. And at the end of the day, that's just kind of a waste of time for, for them to retake it, for the teacher to regrade it. And you could spend your time like doing better things, like instead of studying for it again, like spending time with your family. So I, I don't think that retaking a test should really be an option. Well, I yeah. do think that it creates like an incentive, like you said, for people who like maybe did pretty well, like in the 90s, and then like suddenly everyone's allowed to retake it. But I think it's in your own power to be like, okay, I'm not going to study for this again, because I did well the first time I know I'm confident in the material. It's more just for the kids who did badly to be like, okay, you know, now this is the chance for me to get my grade up. So those people who maybe got high 80s, low 90s, who would originally complain being like, okay, how come the people who got like in the 70s are allowed to retake it, but I don't, now they get the opportunity to retake it, whether they choose to act on it and like study really hard and, you know, get their grade up, that's up to them. But I think they should be given the opportunity. Or the teacher should just be really generous with like extra credit work. Yeah, I think we have a statement later on that kind of deals with the the importance of extra credit. Like, yeah, I mean, honestly, there's, I feel like it's rare that it really becomes necessary for a student to, like, if they fail it. A lot of the time, if a student fails a test, that can also give them incentive to, like, really go for the next test. That happened That's to me true. last year in, like, biology. I yeah. was, I was, we studied, it was the biochem test. It was a rough time for everyone. Oh, that was the worst test of the year. And we all used Annika's Quizlet. And Annika's Quizlet was like a dedicated Quizlet. I carried on, it carried on getting updated. And by the end, it was like 135 terms, at which point I convinced myself that I just, if I just did like the learn thing on Quizlet, I'd be set for the test. It, guys, don't follow, don't follow that idea. Don't follow that philosophy. It didn't Great work. Job, yeah, Jude blamed me after because he used my Quizlet and he didn't do as well as he wanted and he said it was my fault. <laughs> I never said that. I never said that. Yes, you did. <laughs> I said, I said, your Quizlet might work for you, but it didn't work for me. I, neither of us did well. Okay, for our fourth one, it's better to be kind than to be truthful. Your 
like if I like someone and they either wear the most god awful outfit in the world and they come into school and they're like, do you like my outfit? I will tell them yes, but in my mind say no. That's worse. I haven't done that to you. I haven't done that to you. (laughs) Disclaimer, I didn't, I haven't done that to you. So before you think, oh my God, how many times has this happened to me? Not, it has, it has yet to happen. Wait a second. Uh, But okay, if you consider me a very close friend, just like I do to you, I feel like I completely owe it to you to be completely and brutally honest, even if it hurts your feelings. Because would you rather think that your outfit or whatever it is, is amazing, go around being super confident, feeling like you own the school and realize later that it actually sucked? Or would you rather me tell you so then you can be like, oh, maybe I'll go change. I feel like I'd be saving you from like a day full of humiliation. Okay, that's true. But if like, Okay, if it comes to like food, like I'll I'll smile through a terrible meal. You know what I'm saying? But it it depends on like the situation and the person and if you need to be respectful. Like if I'm going yeah. over to dinner at your house and your mother cooks me a homemade meal, I'm not gonna be like, oh, this sucks. Like, okay, what do you think, I, Maya? I think the general rule of thumb is that if it's something that they can change, you should tell them. Obviously, if you're like relatively close with them, like I wouldn't say this to like an acquaintance, but if it's something they can't change, like it's not worth saying anything. So for example, like, yeah, an outfit, an ugly outfit, that's like hideous to a point where it's just embarrassing to be around the person, like they can change it. But like, I don't know if they have like a pimple on their face, like you don't say, you don't mention that because it's not something they can change. Yeah, I think that's a good rule of thumb. I haven't even like, I've never really thought about it like this. Like, oh, when should I be kind? When should I be truthful? Because I feel like for the most part, if I- always truthful? I'm not always truthful, but if I consider somebody one of my closest friends, I feel like I owe it to them to be truthful, unless obviously I know it's something they're really insecure about, and me saying the truth would really hurt their feelings. I feel like I always want to keep their happiness in mind, Um, but if it's somebody who I'm not close with, you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to say something really offensive. I'm just going to try and keep them happy, even if I'm not super close with them, so if it's an acquaintance, the more likely thing is that I'm not going to say anything at all. Um, but if I were to say something, I probably would just do the kind thing, not the truthful thing. Well, honestly, I st- I do believe in white lies. Like, I still think that in the right situation, like, okay, if if it was like first block of school and someone asked me if they like, if I like their outfit, like, they can't go home and change it. So I would tell them that it was fine. Maybe I'll text them later on after school when they're home to be like, please never wear that shirt with those pants again. It made me want to commit arson, but like, you know, but I do it afterwards. So I feel like that would make them feel worse, but you know, that's, that's one way of doing it. So for our fifth question, it is parents should be allowed to choose the sex of their child before he or she is born. Oh yeah. 100%. I don't want a boy. (laughs) So I, I would say yes, because I feel like a lot of times, like then again, this is social media, which you've already talked about. Things are skewed, but um, people will have like gender reveal parties and then you'll see like just looks of disappointment on the parents faces and I think it's completely fine to have a preference if you want a girl or a boy because there are different challenges with each sex um, it's kind of hard to say that there aren't so I think it's completely fine to have a preference and you can avoid that disappointment by being able to choose obviously this isn't like the, we don't have this technology yet maybe we never will I don't know if that will happen but I think that everyone should have the ability to choose and yet it might create severe like gender inequality in terms of numbers like there might be like a ton of girls and like not enough boys or vice versa but... will be a ton of girls. I'm telling you right now that not a single person is going to use this technology to choose to have a boy I don't like, know if that's true I feel like 
Oh, most people are going to choose to have girls. Come on. It's, it's, we're talking about, we're talking about boys here. I, I can't think of a single boy from the ages of like until they get to at least honestly at any age there's such a uncertainty about how sanitary that they will be like i'm sorry like so unruly you guys you guys don't have brothers like i know you're 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 the two sisters of the family i live with my younger brother he there's four children he has his own bathroom because he's so gross that i can't be asked to go in there so for me, I feel like the majority of people would, a lot of people would choose to have girls. But at the same time, I just think that, honestly, I I just think it would be a good technology to have. I think it would be a good option to have. You could just also let nature take its course. Yeah. What do you think, Maya? I, I disagree. I don't think this should be allowed. Because I think, like, then this creates kind of a slippery slope of, okay, you can control the sex of the baby, which seems relatively innocent. But then, like, I'm sure you guys have maybe talked about, like, designer babies in your, like, biology classes, where basically you could just, like, use CRISPR to, to kind of control other genetic components of the baby. And so you can maybe make them look a certain way. And obviously it can be used for good like by like kind of eradicating a genetic disease they may have but you can change their like physical features which I think is like a really weird thing to do to an unborn child and I think that parents should not have that much control over their children because at the end of the day like it's not their life yeah it's definitely a slippery slope and part of me is kind of like okay maybe you should like Jude said just let nature take its course let things be what they should have been in the first place but in in terms of just like if we're solely talking about gender here, maybe not altering like physical characteristics, I think that it's pretty innocent to just say I'd rather a girl than a boy. I think that maybe I don't know if you do, but I think I definitely would have a preference. It's a slippery slope. It's a, okay, it's, yeah. a slip, it's like it's like skiing on the east coast. I see. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay. But uh, sixth one: Should colleges have racial slash ethnic quotas? Like a certain amount of each. Um, okay, well, this this topic can definitely get pretty heated. I won't lie. I've definitely experienced it at school. I've heard people talking about this and people get pretty heated about this topic. Yeah, okay. So I think, well, one, the first thing to point out is that the point of grid debates is to bring different perspectives and there's no judgment in terms of your perspective. My personal opinion is I understand both sides. One, some people are like, there needs to be diversity um within schools which I completely understand we go to a school that to be perfectly honest it's majority white you know um people of color are definitely in the minority and I think that it does impact how um how like the social scene is kind of everything like it there is an impact when the majority of a school is one primary or ethnicity or race I think it does have an impact so I haven't personally been in an environment where there is like complete equal distribution of a specific ethnicity or race. I don't really think that's possible. Um, But I think I would love to see it more distributed so that the majority is not white. Maybe there's like more of different ethnic groups. I would love that. But in terms of the college admission process, I think having quotas does make it much less of a meritocracy. And I do think that having a meritocracy in the college decision process is important. So for this specific incidence, I would say that there should not be ethnic or racial quotas because then you might be taking spots away from people who deserve them just because you need to fill a quota and I don't think that's fair and it could also be like you know like if you if you like felt like you were part of a quota 
Like, that could also, also almost give you, like, imposter syndrome, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think, like, from someone who's gone through the college admissions process as an Asian person, like, it kind of sucks. Like, just from a personal experience, like, I was constantly trying to find ways to make myself seem less Asian because, like, there are a lot of Asians who apply to college and as such, it's oftentimes, like, a disadvantage to be kind of Asian in the college admissions landscape because there are so many Asians applying to college. Um, And then also, like, the college that I go to, I think it's like around 30% Asian, which is a decent amount, um, which is it's definitely higher than the percent Asian, like of like the actual US population. But what I found is that um, every person I've met, regardless of their race, like has given me like such a unique perspective on pretty much everything. And so I think it's a little bit overarching and inaccurate to just assume that because people are of the same race or ethnicity, they're going to have very similar outlooks. Like from personal experience, I just don't think that's true. And so I definitely understand like the reasoning behind the need for quotas, but I I don't think that they should be um, put in place. Yeah, I think that there should be diversity, no doubt about that. And maybe more so than we have in high school. I think that I don't know if it's, I mean, Jude, you probably haven't experienced this because you are white, but I've been in a classroom where I've been the only person of color. And I don't know if it's necessarily bothered me, but I've definitely, it's definitely been different. Like I haven't felt out of place, but I have acknowledged it, which sometimes I wish that wasn't the case. Sometimes I wish, you know, there were different ethnicities there. So I'm not the only person of color in a room full of white people. So I understand the need because I have experienced that in high school. Let's remember, we go to a really small high school. So in college, it's not going to be like that. But just bringing that in, I feel like there definitely should be, there should, it should not be primarily one ethnicity or race. But I think that this, this idea of having quotas, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. No, I know what I mean. I would say, like, because obviously a lot of people want to write about, like, like in college essays. Like, you know, I don't know if, if you guys have, like, seen this on, like, social media or, like, how people talk about it. But, like, you know, like, I've talked about, like, I'll be like, okay, time to pull, like, the whatever card. Like, I don't even mm-hmm. know. The trauma card. I don't even know. But, like, yeah. I've heard people say that in our school and stuff like that. But, like, I don't, I don't think there's, I just don't think that, I don't know if there should be a quota. Whether there's, like, obviously there's a lot of, like, systemic stuff and biases within society which also affect things but like it's it feels like a complicated it but yeah I, I don't think that a quota would necessarily be the way to like solve diversity issues okay so for our seventh statement um specific to our school is the current grading system effective so just to clarify um I know different schools kind of have different grading systems but for the high school that all of us go to or went to in the past um, it's basically solely based off of test grades, and there's very little room for extra credit. And I know for a lot of other high schools, there's things like grade inflation, things like that. But for our high school, it really is based off of tests. The tests, you, the grades you get, that's what's going to go to your year-end grade. Um, so do we think that that is effective? Well, look, I think that, you know, there's always like the the argument that people don't test well, um, which is which is definitely true. Like from experience, that can be true. For me, like I, you know, it's gotten better, but like in eighth grade, I went through a phase of like testing terribly um, in like math class and things like that. So there is definitely a degree of like tests just like don't work for some people. Like it, they just, they don't really show what they know. Like it really depends, on that, which is why there's definitely maybe 
room for other ways of testing which might work um you know like i think a lot of our classes they do like participation grades like if you're participating in class that's definitely something that like i don't even know obviously in spanish class that's a big thing uh, you get a like a 50 point participation grade for history things like that but i i don't think it's necessarily like it does i don't think it like is like defunct like i think that it's p a perfectly adequate system um yeah maybe give some more extra credit opportunities or like some like and even like okay but like miss our history teacher gives like opportunities to you know get some points on homework and things like that so i think there's plenty of opportunity to get like what you could say easy points or even free points um and whether you consider that extra credit is like you know what i'm saying yeah could be something else but um but I, I i don't think there's anything wrong with it like i think it works we go to a very academic school um so i th yeah. i don't think there's anything wrong with it i don't think i don't really know how else how to improve it because it's not like you can not test you know what i'm saying yeah i mean there's going to be tests at whatever school but i think that a subject that is pretty bad and is math um because as you know it's really hard to get around math tests like it, you have to take the test that's just how you show that you've understood the material but the thing is that let's say you have like maybe 15 20 math tests throughout the entire year if you do badly on one math test your entire average is brought down by quite a bit and it's it's hard to work it back up from there i've experienced that last year you know one bad grade can really tank your entire grade and it's pretty disheartening to see even if you put in the work for the rest of the test it might not bring it up enough to a grade that you're happy with so for math specifically, it's hard to get around that, like I said, but I think that we could work on ways like even projects display your learning, just anything to get some points so that if you do badly on one test, it's not like make it or break it, you know, it, it's possible for you to get that grade back up. I think one insight that I can provide here is perspective. So I think in high school, like especially our high school, it can be really frustrating, especially Annika, like you said, in the math department, just because it's like, it feels like you need to almost be perfect and do perfectly on tests to get the grade that you want. But I just finished my first quarter of college and not to expose myself, but I did like not so great on my final, but I still ended the class with an A because in college, like you don't need like a 93 for an A. Like you can get like, I don't know, like a 60 and you can still get an A. And so I think going in with this like expectation that, okay, I really need to do well on this test. It ended up helping me because I realized like, oh, like I don't actually have to do that well. So I think high school prepared me very well. I think especially, and this is true for kind of smaller high schools, but this is something I've been trying to tell Annika is that when you have like a very numbers-based class, like math classes, it forces you to meet with your teacher. And that's kind of how you can get like quote-unquote extra credit just because if they know you they'll like you they might grade you slightly easier and they might like look for ways to give you points and so I think by encouraging that kind of self-advocacy um, that's a really important just life skill that our school has taught us because of how like stringent the grading policy is and so I don't necessarily think that the rigidity of our grading thing is is bad. Yeah I mean yeah. we we definitely benefit from having a pretty low student to teacher ratio and that, you know, I've never really had an issue in terms of time for meeting teachers. You know, they're always really open to doing it, whether I do it enough or not, that's a different story. 
but I think it is important. I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I think you told a story about how in high school you were able to get your grade from like whatever, like an A minus to an A just by meeting with your teacher enough and like really getting up her, having a personal relationship. Oh, I just asked her if she could bump it up. And she said, yeah. I mean, there's no harm in asking. Yeah. I'm doing like, I, I don't like math. Like I just, I math, I find hard, especially because like, I don't know about you, but, like, for this year, like, our tests are sometimes, like, few and far between. Yeah. And so, like, especially if you, it feels like if you have, if, let's say, you start off to, like, a rocky start, it feels hard to, like, to work your way up, if you know exactly. what I'm saying. Um, but it's, I mean, obviously, some more years is important. It's not the most vital year of high school compared to, like, junior and senior year. Um, but it, it does, it, one thing I will say is, like, it does make it a little stressful to be perfect, but at the same time, I think it creates a good work, work ethic for college. For sure. Okay. I think it'll it'll help us, you know, in the moment. I think both of us are definitely feeling it. Like, every time I check my grades and I'm like, wait a second, even if though I did really well on this last math test, like, my ones before made my average low and this isn't bringing it back up. It's really stressful. But then if you're thinking about it in the future, which is hard to have because we are high school students, like, we're not really thinking really far into the future at this point. Like, we're focused on the now is what I would say. Um, I think once we get to a point like my, like you said, once we get to college or just like, even when we're starting to enter the workforce, I think we're going to see that this mentality is going to help us. So while in the moment, I would say it's not effective because it's putting a lot of pressure on, um, on their students. I do think that in the future, it's going to really help. So our last statement is kind of relating to the Christmas spirit. Again, it's giving gifts is better than receiving gifts. Uh, I can't you know I would say it's a 50 50 for me like I like getting stuff you know I like to be I like things you're That's a very material cool. possession type of guy so are you to my core no well I you know capitalism can be bad but as our history teacher said capitalism basically tells us that we need more stuff I need more stuff um so I really do like getting gifts but I also think I would I get I think it's even for me. I get an even amount of like happiness slash satisfaction from giving people gifts as I do receiving things. Um, like I enjoy Christmas shopping. I enjoy like really thinking about what I'm going to get people and then like watching to see if they like it or not. And if they do like it, like that makes me feel good and makes me feel like the same amount of happiness that I get when I open up a gift and I'm like, oh yeah, I really like this or I really wanted this. You know what I'm saying? It's very even for me. So it's I... like Christmas is great. Yeah, I really enjoy the cycle of giving too. I think I enjoy giving gifts more just because like I can put a lot of thought into it. I consider myself a good gift giver. I think really this only becomes problematic when other people don't give you gifts. Um, So for example, Annika actually wasn't really going to get me a Christmas gift this year because she quote unquote ran out of time. Um, she did end up getting me one from Target yesterday. We're doing Christmas tomorrow. Um, so she was really cutting it close. But yeah, I think in order for this whole thing to work, everyone needs to be giving gifts. So I don't think there's any surprise to say that I much prefer receiving gifts rather than giving them. Um, because I think that the people around me are really good at giving gifts. So I'm like, wow, I get to I get to bear the, the end of that and you know receive these amazing gifts from people who I really care about. Um, but my gift giving is pretty subpar, if I do say so myself. I like to put it off until the last minute. And then I really struggle to think of what to get people, even if I've known them for my entire lives, like I have with my mm -hmm. sister. Um, 
I just, I, I have a really hard time thinking of what people want versus what people need. Cause if I get them something practical, I feel like they won't like it. But if I get them something stupid that I might think they like, then they might not like it. Like it's very hit or miss. So I, I really struggle with in that department. I've been trying to get better. So in my opinion, getting gifts is much more fun, but I do agree with you in that it does need to be a cycle in that like in order for everyone to be happy, I do need to give good gifts in order to receive good gifts. But that hasn't really happened in the past. But it's it's something that I'm working on. Yeah, for example, this year, I think you're going to be receiving good gifts, but I don't think you're giving good gifts at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, Um, I can, Annika is like, obviously, um, a taker. No, just, um, <laughs> but that's, I respect that. I don't think there's anything wrong with like saying that you in, enjoy receiving gifts more than giving them. I, I, I have no qualm with that. I feel like that's a lot of people. I don't think you're in the minority. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's pretty, I think that in, it's in terms of who, who likes what better. I think it's pretty split. I think people who say that they like giving gifts more might be lying a little bit, but that's okay. Annika, you're just the Grinch. Yeah. It's just maybe I just maybe I just can't understand it, but that's that's definitely you're like feeling morally inferior to us. Yeah. <laughs> so that is about gonna wrap up our episode. Um, first, I want to say thank you so much, Maya, for coming on and giving us your interesting perspectives on all of our statements. We really enjoyed having you. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed that she exposed you. Yes, I think that this is definitely a great episode. We haven't done great debates in a while, and I think it was a great way to kind of start this holiday season. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out our Instagram and TikTok. We did post a TikTok for the first time in a while. We're going to continue to be using the TikTok platform much more in the future. Um, Both can be found at the link in our bio. And yeah, hope you guys have a great holiday season. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. And let's hope that Annika doesn't come and steal your Christmas like it seems she's intent on doing to everyone else. Bye, guys.